Hi, and welcome to Lamplighter Podcast. My name is Rebecca, and I have an exciting story for you today. Come and listen while I light the way to your imagination. everyone, and welcome to another episode I'm of, of some acorns this Christmas. Oh, hi, Momo. I see you're already in the holiday spirit, but I don't think that's how the words go. Oh, really? How about all I want for Christmas is an acorn, an acorn, an acorn. Well, I'm not sure that's how that one goes either. It's the to practice our Christmas carols a bit more, but I think I know what will be on your Christmas list this year. Acorns! Well, I hope you get your wish, Momo. My story today is also about a winter celebration, but some kids may not get the presents they have been wishing for. Let's find out. Our story begins in the North Pole. Most people think the North Pole is a cold, quiet, barren land full of nothing more than ice and snow. But underneath this large, frozen place, there lies a secret kingdom. If you took a dive under the ice into the freezing water, you would see nothing but darkness down below. But if you went farther and farther down, past the playful seals and deeper past the graceful jellyfish, down into the cold depths, you would eventually begin to see a light below. As you got closer, you could see that this wasn't just one light, but a web of small, colorful lights that lit up a dark, underground city of merpeople. This underwater Arctic city was like none you've ever seen before. The lights that lit the city were actually made of glowing seaweeds. This seaweed came in many shapes, sizes, and colors, and they lined all the streets and houses of the city. In the very center of this city, there was a castle carved from an enormous rock that jutted up from the sea floor. It was decorated with beautiful ice carvings and exotic seaweeds. The houses surrounding the castle were just as magical looking, made of smooth white rocks and carved ice. The Arctic merpeople who lived in these houses had gleaming white fins and long flowing white hair. They wore thick, expensive coats and had elegant gloves and large, crazy hairpieces to match. They loved to change their styles all the time, especially their hairpieces, putting large and crazy decorations on top, such as giant clams or sea flowers or carved ice sculptures. Surrounding this city like a giant moat was a trench. 
A trench is a very deep pit that stretches far and wide. It circled the whole city, and nobody ever went across it because they had everything they needed in their city. One day, a wealthy mermaid named Aprina was taking her baby pet dolphin out on a swim along the trench. There was a lovely path along the trench filled with flowing and glowing sea trees. Aprina was a bead maker and made the most glorious gold, silver, opal, and pearl beads. All the city merpeople came to her shop to buy her beads, and then they would use them to decorate their clothes, hairpieces, houses, or parties. Are you having fun, my little squishy sea cucumber? Mm, she said to her hyper little dolphin. She had just adopted him and was now a very proud dolphin mom. The baby dolphin, whom she had named Dancer, was bobbing up and down, exploring every seaweed and chasing every tiny fish that skittered by. He pulled Aprina along, tugging at his leash to sniff and taste and touch everything he could. Oh, slow down, my little dancing Jim! Aprina laughed as Dancer tugged her to the top of a large rock. She could see the whole city from up here. As she was admiring the nice view, she felt a strong pull on the leash and looked down just in time to see Dancer the dolphin slip out and swim away. He was swimming as fast as he could across the trench to the other side. Dancer, no! Oh, come back, my little cuddle clam, come back! Dancer stopped, looked back, then clicked happily and kept on swimming farther away from her towards a bunch of tall rock pillars on the other side. Oh, sea crumpet, please, no! Aprina began racing towards him. She did not like the feeling of the deep pit below her, and the water kept getting colder away from the city. But she had to catch Dancer. She didn't want anything bad to happen to him. Dancer got to the other side and disappeared behind one of the rock pillars. She didn't like how dark it was getting over here, but she was already halfway across, so she kept going. As she got nearer to the rock pillar, she began to hear something. Voices. She stopped and listened. They were laughing. She slowly got closer and peeked around the corner of a rock pillar. To her great surprise, she realized that this rock pillar was actually a house for a mer family. The Murr family were swimming around happily and decorating their yard with bright red sea flowers. It looked like they were getting ready for a celebration. As she was wondering about this, she saw Dancer pop out from behind another rock pillar. He did a little flip in the water and then swam up to the family nearby. Oh, hi, little guy. Where did you come from? Giggled a little Murr girl as she pet his stomach. The rest of the Murr family, two brothers and a mom, gathered around Dancer as well, playing with him and laughing. Then suddenly, Dancer looked right over at Aprina and swam towards her, excited to see that his owner had joined this adventure. Hey, where are you going, little guy? called the girl as she chased Dancer. She went around the corner and stopped with surprise when she saw Aprina. 
Hello. I am sorry to frighten you. This is my dolphin, and he ran away. Aprina was trying to explain herself to the girl, who was floating there quite shocked, when the girl's mother swam up. Halsey, dear, what's the matter? Oh! The mermom stopped and stared at Aprina with wide eyes. Aprina knew why they were staring. The world over here looked completely different than her city across the trench. Nothing was shiny or bright. The houses, the streets, and this family's clothes were all brown and torn and dirty. She couldn't see any silver or gold, and there was hardly any glowing seaweed here. But Aprina was dressed in all her finest clothes. Her shimmering white coat with hundreds of golden beads, her finest, puffiest purple gloves, and her large, shining headpiece made from different colored corals. She wore earrings and necklaces and bracelets and belts. No wonder this Mer family was staring at her. She could tell they had never seen anyone dressed like her. After a few seconds, the mermom realized that she was staring and said, Oh, gosh, dear, I'm so sorry. I don't usually stare. I just have never seen anyone like you before. You must be from across the trench. What an honor to have you visit our humble home. My name is Cordelia, and I welcome you here with all my heart. She spoke so kindly and held out her hand to shake. Aprina immediately liked this woman. She shook her hand back, introducing herself, and told her the story of Dancer and why she was here. By this time, Dancer was back playing with the two boys in the yard. Well, I'm thankful your dolphin brought you here, said Cordelia, even if it was by accident. I've never met anyone from the city, but of course we see it glowing every day across the way. It must be lovely to live in such a bright place. But of course we're very happy here as well, for all our neighbors here are very kind and generous, especially during the Frost Feast. The Frost Feast? said Aprina. I've never heard of that. What is it? At this, the little girl Halsey, who had been listening, opened her mouth in surprise. You've never heard of the Frost Feast? Why, it's the best holiday ever! We decorate everything with red sea flowers and eat lots of food and tell stories and sing carols. Oh, and of course we give gifts. That's my favorite part. Although... She began to look sad all of a sudden. I guess this year will be a little different. Different? Why? Well, said Cordelia, our gardens didn't make enough food this year, so... We weren't able to sell much or save much. We won't be able to have as large of a feast. And there will be no gifts this year for the children. We just didn't have enough. I know it has been very disappointing for them all, but we're still trying to decorate and make whatever feast we can. It is the best celebration of the year, so we just can't forget about it. Aprina didn't understand this. Not enough? She had always had enough her whole life, and all her friends had had enough. They always got gifts and clothes and parties and food whenever they wanted. This village across the trench was a completely new world for her. Oh, look at us talking on and on. 
Why don't you come in and have a cup of warm whale's milk and an algae loaf with us? We'd love to hear more about the city. I've heard amazing stories about it. Aprina looked back at her glowing city and for a moment thought about saying no, but she realized there was no reason for her to go back, and she was very interested in this world across the trench that she had never heard about before. I would love that. Thank you, she said, and then followed them inside their small house, Dancer chasing behind them. They drank and ate together and talked, sharing stories with each other about their different sides of the trench, the city side and the village side. After a while, Cordelia took Aprina on a walk around her neighborhood. It turned out that all the rock pillars were little houses, and everyone seemed to be decorating for the frost feast. They were all amazed to see Aprina and were very kind to her. Finally, she realized that it was time to go. She put Dancer's leash back on and hugged her new friends goodbye. She crossed the trench, thinking over everything that she had seen. She couldn't believe that she had never known there were other merpeople who lived there. She reached her house, opened the large, fancy doors, and swam inside. Compared to the little rock houses across the trench, her house looked like a palace with its shining walls and decorations. She slipped Dancer's leash off and watched as he happily found his large stack of dolphin toys. As he began playing with them, she thought to herself, It doesn't seem right that my dolphin has so many toys to play with, and the poor children across the trench aren't getting any gifts for their frost feast. And then she had the most exciting idea. What if she could somehow gather enough toys from the people in her city and, on the day of Frost Feast, surprise those nice kids with the gifts? Her heart began beating faster and the ideas started to spin in her mind. She knew exactly what to do, but she had to start now. children their gifts in time. Me too, Momo. That would be the best surprise ever. And we're going to hear all about it in our next episode. Before we end, though, I'm going to share our virtue. Our virtue today is generosity. Dinner who's a what? Generosity. Generosity is a big word that means sharing what you have with others. If you see someone who has a need and you decide to share with them, then you are showing them generosity. Oh, I get it. Aprina has generosity towards the mer people in the rock village. That's right, Momo. And we'll find out more about Aprina and her generosity in our next episode. Thanks for listening to Lamplighter Podcast today. I hope you enjoyed the first part of this episode, The Frost Feast. If you liked our story, please leave us a review. It really helps. You can also consider supporting this podcast on Patreon.